Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Coronapod. In this show, we're going to bring you nature's take on the latest COVID-19 developments. And we'll be speaking to experts around the world about research during the pandemic. We're entering a new era now. We have new COVID strategies. There's some new unknowns and we've got a vaccine. Hello and welcome to Coronapod. I'm Noah Baker and joining me this week is Nature's Asia Pacific Bureau Chief, Nikki Phillips. Nikki, how are you? Hi, Noah. I'm well. Thank you. So over the many, many episodes of Coronapod, one thing that perennially has come up is a discussion about the sort of longer term impacts of the pandemic beyond the immediate issue of people suffering with COVID-19. And we've talked about the disability burden of COVID. But in this episode of Coronapod, we're going to specifically look at one of those potential risks, because there have been studies that have been coming out that have been putting some data behind these concerns. And in this case, it's diabetes. So this paper was actually published a little while ago, but I think there's still quite a lot of value in delving into exactly what this risk might mean and putting some numbers to it. Tell us, what is this story about? So this story is about a study, a big study, actually, Um, that looked at what a person's risk of developing diabetes is after they had COVID. Um, And look, the reason I guess researchers are interested in looking at this is because there's been what seems to be a rise in the number of people presenting with diabetes who have also had COVID. Yeah, so this is a huge study, right, of 200,000. What is it that they found when they were trying to investigate how COVID impacts diabetes risk? Yeah, so this study has found that people who had COVID were about 40% more likely likely to develop diabetes a year later um, after their infection than people who haven't had uh, a COVID infection. That's a pretty stark initial statistic. Now, there's quite a lot more nuance we're going to dig into around this study. But first off, tell us where it was done, who it was done on, because I think that has quite a lot of impact on how we interpret these results, right? The study was done on um, a group of people who use the Veterans Affair healthcare system. So, you know, we can assume a lot of them are veterans and a lot of those people are men, they're white, they're probably of a certain age, which means they're, you know, a portion of them probably have, you know, risk factors that are associated with age, a portion of them were probably overweight. 
All of those things are risk factors in themselves of getting diabetes. But still, even in spite of that, the 40% increased chance of getting diabetes after COVID is pretty stark. And actually, they found that the more serious your infection was, like whether you were hospitalised or you ended up in ICU, the greater chance that you had of developing diabetes up to a year later. So for instance, if you'd been in ICU, you had triple the risk of developing diabetes than someone who didn't have a COVID infection. If you were someone who had a high BMI, then you had double the risk of developing diabetes after a COVID infection compared to people who didn't have COVID, which, you know, that's that's pretty stark numbers, I think. I agree. And the way that the severity of infection seemed to scale with this increased diabetes risk really struck me, not just because of how much more of a risk a severe infection sort of creates for diabetes But also on the flip side of it, even people with very mild cases of COVID had quite significant increases in their chances of developing diabetes up to a year later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in a way, perhaps that's not that surprising, because as you were saying in the lead into this piece, we have been talking about the disability burden that this um, virus is causing. And a lot of people who, who experience fairly mild infections end up with some form of long COVID um, afterwards. So it seems like, um, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily, necessarily escape that risk if you only have a mild infection. And we should say here what we're talking about in, in this discussion is type 2 diabetes. So that's when the body becomes resistant to or stops producing enough insulin. What about type 1 diabetes? Because that was also something that was discussed early in the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The case with type 1 diabetes is more complicated and yet to be resolved. And um, you're right, there there definitely had been some reports um, that in children there seemed to be increased cases of type 1 diabetes in children who had had COVID. So there's been suggestions that maybe the two things were linked. But I don't know that there is really strong evidence to say that yet. I think it's coming. I think there's a lot of studies trying to look at this, trying to find out what's going on. There have been some laboratory studies trying to look at whether the virus SARS-CoV-2 destroys insulin-producing cells in the pancreas and the results have sort of been mixed and you know they're also just studies of cells in in the laboratory it's quite different from what's happening in our bodies so yeah I think the jury is still out on what's going on with COVID and type 1 diabetes. Okay so back to type 2 diabetes is there any mechanism that's been proposed that might help explain this association between SARS-CoV-2 infection and this increased risk of developing diabetes? Researchers have posited suggestions or theories about uh, what it could be. Um, You know, various viruses, uh, including the one that causes SARS, actually, have been linked to autoimmune conditions like type 1 diabetes. And there's also many organs involved in controlling blood sugar that are sort of rich in the protein called ACE2, which is what SARS uses to infect cells. But again, I don't think there's compelling evidence to say one way or another what's going on here. At the moment, this study that we've been talking about is an association study. It's yet to link COVID as the cause of this diabetes. You know, one of the things that one of the commenters in the story made the point was, you know, there could be other factors 
contributing to this rise in diabetes cases. It could be that some people had undetected diabetes and they got COVID and they went to get treated at the hospital. And at the same time, the doctors investigating them discovered they had diabetes. So those sorts of links need to be teased out to find what actually is the cause. Is it the virus doing damage to something in the body that's causing the diabetes? Or is it potentially just that we had a pandemic and people got sick and then they found these underlying conditions in a lot of people? Or indeed, whether or not people that didn't develop diabetes actually had you know, asymptomatic COVID and that could also skew the data as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was one of the limitations of the study that we talked about is that even though they looked at a large group of people, it's quite likely that some of those people in the control groups had had COVID. Yeah, but even aside from those limitations, these are really big studies. And there have been other studies like them that have started to show similar associations between COVID and disease risks. So things like heart failure, kidney disease, stroke, And altogether, these are building a kind of a bigger and more worrying picture for those concerned about the disability impacts of COVID, right? And although we don't have that causality yet, maybe we don't have those mechanisms, perhaps those things will come to the fore as more research is done. What's important to remember is that we don't need large increases in risk to have a huge impact just because of the sheer number of people that have contracted COVID-19. So there are some big ongoing studies trying to get to the bottom of this. So I think we'll see results soon that are able to go a bit beyond what this study has done in finding an association and actually maybe suggest some causal mechanisms. But, you know, you're right. There's been more than 500 million cases globally of COVID-19. So all we need is like a modest increase in diabetes risk. And you could see quite a drastic number of people with the disease worldwide. Now, if you think about, you know, diabetes is a big burden on healthcare systems. Like it's a disease that lasts a long time. People need a lot of healthcare. Even just a small increase in the number globally of people developing this disease. That's that's pretty massive. And add on top of that, other chronic diseases like kidney disease, heart failure and stroke that you just mentioned. I mean, like the repercussions of this virus are going to be felt for years, if not decades. And, you know, the knock-ons go all the way through to people needing maybe more time off work because they're managing an illness. And even that can then have economic impacts. I mean, it just keeps going and going and snowballing the more you look at it. Yeah, exactly. And a good reason to keep wearing your your mask or, you know, you hear these sorts of things. And personally, I think, oh, wow, I don't want this virus. Absolutely. I completely agree. Okay, so I feel like this story is going to be yet another to watch as time goes on. But for now, let's leave this here. Nikki, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Noah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.